You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 70, How the Travel Industry Can Fight Human Trafficking. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, one of the places that we can absolutely make a difference in ending human trafficking is looking at some of the ways that trafficking victims move around the country and move around the world. And when we start looking at those logistics, one of the things that comes up pretty high on our radar screen pretty quickly is the travel industry. And we haven't spent a lot of time on the show no, talking about the trip. We talked about truckers against trafficking, um, although this is a little bit different as far as looking at really the travel industry and and their role in helping us to prevent human trafficking and raising awareness. And there is a lot for us to cover. And we heard this compelling case study from uh, Tracy on our last episode of how airlines uh, are at the forefront of this, but there's so much more we can say about this. And I know we're going to be talking more oh. about this in coming episodes here, but particularly today, we wanted to spend some time of just to give a high level overview and pick up where we left off the conversation with Tracy on episode 69. Uh, which if you have, by the way, haven't listened to, go back and definitely listen to that interview first. Oh my goodness. Brittany's story is compelling. It is. It is. Uh, for all the reasons we wish this story wasn't compelling, but it's an important story to hear. And particularly if you're a parent, an important story to be aware of, not to frighten us, but to give us tools and resources that we can make very informed, good decisions about how we are allowing our kids to interact with technology. And of course, the travel industry does play a big role in this as well, too. And so, um, so let's start off first, uh, Sandy, and talk about you know why why well, travel industry professionals are involved you know, in this, and what are the I've, other ways? Um, I've I've had some experiences when I've been traveling. I think I've shared with you um, meeting other passengers that are um, questionable about their intentions for their travel. I came back from one trip and told you about. Um, a passenger who was very obviously a sex tourist on his way to this to Southeast Asia. Um, I'm I called the 888 number and provided that information for further investigation. I went to Kiev and met with some folks there who were concerned about sex tourists from America coming to Ukraine and purchasing little girls there. They didn't understand these were Americans working in Ukraine. And they thought they had no power. But if the sex tourist is an American, our um, investi- federal investigators uh, will go internationally and arrest, prosecute, and and try those persons for their crimes. So it is an international crime that we do have some um, jurisdiction in. But um, when you start thinking about the ways that victims are moved, we know that they're moved through airlines from Southeast Asia, from Africa, from Europe. Um, they're also, I've told the story of a um, trafficker here in Orange County that sent bus tickets to girls in shelters in other states as far away as Florida to bring them to Orange County where he sold them on the internet. 
Wow. So as Tracy mentioned in the last uh, podcast, what if our airline industry um, was trained to identify possible trafficking situations and had protocols in place? So that's what we want to talk about. And there's so many different ways to look at this, but I think probably one of the places to start, Sandy, is to look at what is being done currently and what is in place already that's addressing this issue. And I know you've done some research and taken a look at what are what are some of the resources and policies and procedures in place already. Well, there is there is a group called Airline Ambassadors, and they've begun doing training. Their first airline that they've worked with is Delta. So big shout out to Delta for actually having program training for all of their airline staff. Um, ECPAT has done a great job of putting together resources for the travel industry. They have a code of conduct and several um, industry-driven corporate responsibility signatories um, are listed on their website. Delta Airlines is at the top. There's travel associations, conference and meeting planners, hotel companies. You can go and we'll put that link on our show notes. You can go and see if the hotels in your area have signed on to that in a response to child sex trafficking because it's important that we use our influence in our own community to make sure that the businesses that we um, patronize are aware of this and are taking measures. So um, would you like to hear what the um, airlines are doing with their training? Yeah, I'm actually really curious about this, Sandy, after the last episode, because it was so interesting, I think, to all three of us, you know, you and me and Tracy, that a child uh, from her case study of 12 years old, a true story, getting on an airplane and flying across country and nobody asking any questions from the taxi driver to the gate agents to the TSA agents. And so I'm, re- I'm really interested. Uh, and you know, it, it's so easy always to point fingers at, okay, so this so-and-so yeah. should have done this. But the reality is, is we've all seen things we should have asked questions about in our lives and we didn't. Um, I think back to the training I had when I became a first aid instructor years ago. And one of the first things they teach you as an instructor is to, in first aid training or CPR training is to teach people is that when you're giving aid is to assign someone to call 911. Because Mm. of bystander syndrome, a lot of people just will move on past or think, assume everyone else is going to call. And of course, we know human psychology is that a lot of times people don't take action. And so, um, it is. It could be any of us. It That's could be right. any of us that we would move. A, maybe not ask that question, or maybe turn an eye to say something that isn't our business. And so, I I am curious how the airlines are addressing this, and what what is being done, and what can be done to prevent some of and that. And you bring up a really good um, thought, though, because maybe the idea that well, they've already come through um, the ticketing area, they've already made it through TSA. Somebody already. Um, officially sign them over. So at what point? So having new protocols in place to protect children is definitely part of the process. I think one of the things I really like about the training that they're doing with the airlines is they're telling them what they should not do before they start engaging them in all the things they should do. Hmm. Because we do want to uh, make sure that we don't put anyone at risk. And we have seen um, case studies where a trafficker has been traveling with um, young women from Southeast Asia um, 
it might not be safe to approach some big guy without proper backup. So you don't do things on your own. So their list of you should not do. You do not confront anyone you suspect of engaging in trafficking. You do not try to rescue any possible victim. You do not display any unusual concern or alarm, and you do not endanger yourself or others. Those are really good caveats before you start telling people what to do. So in their training, they they talk about what a trafficking situation looks like on a plane or in a, in a travel situation. And um, when they do that, the, the, they talk about what makes a victim vulnerable. And Tracy did such a good job of talking about Brittany being full of dreams. And I think that is the, the kind of person that you're going to see traveling. Um, they're on their way to their dreams. So they don't look like they're under duress for the most part. They often look excited. What is unusual is that they're with someone that is a stranger to them. Um, they're with someone who's doing all the talking because they are have been instructed to be quiet. Um, they're with someone who says he's an uncle, but um, they don't look like they're related. Those kinds of discrepancies are where the, especially in the travel industry, the people serving will have an opportunity to observe enough to be clear that this isn't just a maybe, this is a red flag that requires some follow-up. Or they're not traveling with anyone at all. In Brittany's case, a 12-year-old girl oh gets on an airplane late at night, and that's that's an unusual sight anywhere, or at least it should be an unusual sight. And so those types of things that maybe look out of place. Some of the red flags that we want airlines to look for are kids who are with someone who um, doesn't really know them. So uh, you're, you're, you've traveled a lot. Dave, usually they, we, we strike up conversations, especially with the children that are traveling, uh, offer them coloring books and little wings to pin on their shirts and things like that. And so when there's this, the sense that something just isn't right, ask a few questions. So how old are you? And, or you ask the, um, the adult that is trying to be the parent or the uncle or somehow seem to be engaged with these kids um, uh, about the child's name and where they're from. And then when there's a discrepancy between what the child says and the adult, then this is this is a red flag that needs further follow-up. So I think there's probably uh, two questions here. Is One is, you know, what travel professionals can do themselves, and then what might be some things that we would do as, you know, a private citizen, you know, going on an airplane and just, you know, maybe bumping into something like you have in, in, in your case. Um, so uh, what from a standpoint of, from some of the travel industry perspective as, as the professionals, um, how far along is this, Sandy? Is this something that has been done for some time now, or is this just something that's getting onto people's radar screens? I This is just getting on the travel industry radar screen. Um, Delta is the first airline that's doing um, regular training. Mm. Um, and so the, I think it's going to become industry wide though. I really, I, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't. So, um, what we want people to look for are people who don't know where they are, um, or they don't know where they're going. Uh, 
uh, getting involved in those conversations is natural when you're traveling. You talk to, when you get on a bus, the bus driver and the people in the station start um, being um, collegial and, and engaging, that sort of thing. Um, they are often um, in a relationship where they seem to look at the person all the time for a cue. Happy-go-lucky kids don't look at their parents before they speak most of the time. They talk however they want to. So you want to look for kids that are acting abnormally, particularly. And and then um, the, the airlines have particular, they're setting up protocols. So for instance, in instance, in Brittany's um, case, they notified the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force in Los Angeles, so the FBI was there. The FBI Innocence Lost um, um, agents, they're the ones who are the most equipped to deal with this, and it, because we're usually talking about travel that goes across state and or um, country lines, then they're probably the best ones to call right away. We always, though, can use the 888-3737-888 number to find out who to call in a local circumstance. For instance, what if you're on a on a bus trip like um, the little girl that came from Florida to Orange County? How many bus stops did she stop at on the way? How many people did she engage with um, at the station stops that might have noticed that something wasn't quite right? What could they have done? And she made it all the way here? She made it all the way here. Wow. And she made it onto the internet where she was being sold every single day. Mm. Yeah, so. it's, it, it's really, um, I, I think really, Sandy, for, for me, I mean, it's a reminder as a traveler just to be aware. You know, we're so, I think a lot of us are so used to as travelers is to you know, find a quiet spot put on our headphones and ignore what's going on around us. And, and, and there's a, you know, that's a good thing to do. A lot of times when you're traveling is to not, you know, uh, you don't necessarily want to talk with a lot of people, but just some general awareness, just like observing who's getting on an airplane, who's sitting next to you, what's going on. You know, just some of those general things that if just taking a couple minutes just to observe and be observant is, um, is, is really helpful. And I think something Sandy, like, you know, when they do the safety announcement on the airplane, just taking that moment when, you know, a lot of us have heard that so many times that, you know, we, but we're being interrupted from whatever we were doing. Uh, that's a great time just to look around and say, who is on, you know, who's sitting next to me and be present of that. Well, and when you think about the airlines and the kind of hub it is for travel and because human trafficking is international, um, this is going to be the road that, that traffickers are on. This is going to be the path that where they get from their country of origin to their destination in many, many, many circumstances. So it's very important for airlines to become part of the process. Do we know any statistics as far as how many people come through trafficking as far as through the airlines as, as opposed to by land or by boat or... Is there Not, any research been done on that? They've they've tried to extrapolate, and like we have some generalized numbers, but the numbers haven't changed in years, so mm-hmm. there we we just kind of repeat them over and over again. But um, you know, last year it says eight hundred thousand people have moved between countries, um, and the easiest way to move between countries is often through air travel. However, train and bus is also, especially when you're on the same continent, 
for for travel. So mm, the idea, though, that people in the travel industry are in a unique position to detect and discern a trafficking situation, we just need them to have that radar turned on and make that call. So speaking of having our radar turned on, for you and I and the average person who's listening to the show, what are some things that we can do that would... Uh, help this effort along, not only ourselves, but also to influence the organizations and the companies that we rely on to transport us around the world? Well, ECPAT has a wonderful tourism child protection code. Um, and one of the things that we can do is to promote that child protection code. So you would patronize a code signatory con- company. So for instance, because Delta's on there, then you would you would um, actually engage with Delta because you want to support their decision. Um, another thing that we can do is inform hotel staff. So if you are checking into a hotel, um, ask about, have you signed this particular conduct code? Um, it's so important because especially hotel staff, it's important for them to begin to understand what child sex trafficking might look like in their rooms Um, if they're being rented and used by a trafficker. We can use social media to raise awareness on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, posting the pages of um, those that have signed on to the Code of Contact. We can use large events um, to promote this. A lot of people have, I I talked to the Sisters of St. Joseph uh, last year, and when they were putting on their national conference, uh, they asked the hotel about the code of conduct and about internet pornography. And they made an arrangement that they would not book at a hotel that did not meet these guidelines that reduced risk for kids being Mm. exploited. And that was an amazing thing because it was a national conference. And so they used the power of their choice and where they would spend their resources to engage that hotel. Oh, neat. Um, we we um, suggest that people also re- reach out to your local hotel industry and inform them about the code. And I think in a previous um, podcast, we talked about the law here in California there where there are certain industries now that are required to post um, the 888-3737-888 number. And that would fit in that area. Um, the child... Uh, Protection Code of Conduct Initiative also does a lot of work around big sporting events. So, for instance, the Super Bowl and things like that, to warn travelers that they may engage with potential victims or they may actually be part of exploiting a child or or an international victim. And so that's part of what this Code of Conduct Initiative is doing, too. For those of us who would want to know more about what companies have partnered with these organizations and are really being proactive on this, what are what's the first place for people to go, Sandy? Are there a couple other websites or information that we can look up? Well, we'll put the link on there. ECPAT has um, a list of everyone who has so far signed the, um, the Corporate Responsibility Code of Conduct on child trafficking. Okay, great. So we'll get a link to that on and the show notes. And I so- think I think it's good business. You're a businessman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would be the benefit for a business to sign this? 
Well, I think it's interesting that some of the ECPAT, I'm, I'm holding a uh, document in front of me here, some of the ECPAT hospitality training, and this clearly is a um, some language that's really targeted toward organizations, you know, not just, I mean, of course, uh, I think all of us care about the human, the ethical aspects of this, but also in addition to that, looking at the 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 benefits of this just from, an or, from a business standpoint. And so um, they identify, it looks like on this document, four things, Sandy, that are, are key. Actually, they um, they have a fifth one. I didn't even see the fifth one here yet. The fifth one's interesting. So the four of the four first ones are improve risk management procedures, so that uh, training staff have protocols on uh, managing legal operational risks, um, building employee morale. I think that's a key one, Sandy. Is you know mm. giving people the the power to be able to prevent some of these incidents and to have the confidence to be able to respond when these when they run into these situations um protecting the brand you know from you know yeah. companies who don't aren't proactive about this you know don't want to be associated certainly with uh with this type of thing going on in in their airplanes and in their vehicles so that's huge and then access to interest, industry knowledge is one of the things they specifically talk about and then they also say um Increased revenue. Companies are adding to their marketing materials for responsible travel. And, you know, I think it's, I, I, for one, now that I know that this is there, Sandy, I would be much more likely to do business with an airline that has signed on to this. And so Delta certainly comes to the top of my list just thinking about this and how we can all be proactive in supporting organizations and, and companies that are being proactive themselves and being able to take some responsible steps to prevent this. So those, those are good, those are good compelling business reasons in addition to all the human reasons that we would want to take action. Well, and then creating a plan for how you're going to implement that training. So what ECPAT recommends is first that official policies send a zero tolerance message to staff, letting them know they shouldn't look away when they suspect trafficking because staff will feel more empowered to react to their suspicions. They don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to call and report something. Police come and then the boss says, hey, what did you do that for? So having a proactive policy in place is really important. And it's um, it builds a sense of pride. And ECPAD actually has a sample policy on their website for you to begin to use. Um, they also engage in training staff and what to look for, the signs of trafficking, really young girls that are dressed to look older that are brought in. Um, and over and over when I talk to hotel staff, I've started kind of trying to intentionally engage. And I've been trying to find out exactly um, how this is being handled in hotels. And it's very inconsistent. Even when mm. their names are on the list, when I have a conversation with somebody, they may not have had that training. So because they've signed the code of conduct doesn't mean they've actually had the training, which is why it's so important for you to go and talk to your local hotels. And if you're the conference um, coordinator requiring that they have had this training before you'll have your conference at their hotel mm -hmm. is a way to use our choice of how we spend our resources to um, promote this idea of, of corporate responsibility. Um, the, the idea that um, children are being held is really 
beyond our imagination. But we also see um, trafficking in the uh, travel industry where it is labor trafficking. And the actual people that are working on contracts that serve in hotel cleaning, in um, in the the restaurants in the hotels may be victims of trafficking. And so corporate responsibility then includes training that will alert staff and and management to potential labor trafficking violations as well, because those people deserve to be rescued and restored. And so it, the responsibility, again, comes back on us to begin the conversation and to ask those questions. And, you know, one thing I think, Sandy, that any one of us can do is I think just about all of us know somebody in the travel industry. I know I know a few people who are in the travel industry or connected to it. You know, one thing is making them aware of some of these resources, uh, ask, you know, having them listen to this show or even the last show, episode 69, that compelling case study that Tracy presented. And I think for a lot of us, if we, our awareness level is raised, that we're willing to take action and we're willing to do the things that will help our organization to serve people better and to protect people and to tap into some of these resources. And I, I can't think of hardly anyone in the travel industry that wouldn't want to support yeah. this uh, and, and be engaged with it. So I think it really is a matter of awareness. So that's one action all, all of us can do. I'm thinking of someone I know actually who uh, knows many people at Delta Airlines. And oh, so, okay. you know, just thinking of, you know, raising awareness around some of the people in, in her community and her industry of, um, you know, some of these things that they may not be aware of and some of her colleagues and friends. So, uh, so that's one thing I can do as an action item. And it has to be international. It has to cross um, outside of just the USA. So this means that resources need to be developed in more than English, um, especially having resources that will be bilingual and appropriate in on every continent. And that's where working with international agencies and ECPAT USA is the group we work with, but there is an international version as well. Um, UNICEF has begun to develop materials on on safety for children traveling. And there are other um, options that we can begin to look at. And I think this is something that we need to find uh, some folks to interview. I'm particularly interested in learning more about the Airline Association and what they're doing um, from the inside because they really get it and they really connect. So I think in insider training is going to be really valuable. Yeah, I'm excited for us to reach out to some of those folks, Sandy, in the coming episodes and to talk more about this. And it, every time that we have someone on the show as a guest in an in industry that I would think seemingly unrelated, or at least on its face, you wouldn't think someone who would come into contact with human trafficking. And we've had, we've talked about the education industry. We've talked about healthcare. We've talked about law enforcement. That's an obvious connection, of course. Now we've talked about the travel industry. It seems like, you know, so many of us, if not in a direct way, in an indirect way, and in the roles we play and the jobs and the work that we do, or our family members do really can, um, really can influence the conversation on this nationally and internationally. There's a lot we can all do to prevent human trafficking just by raising awareness and engaging in conversation and being knowledgeable about this. And that's why I'm, you know, I'm so thrilled, Sandy, that we have such a great audience for this show of people who reach out to us, uh, engage with the center, engage with you and Alexis, and are just such willing ambassadors to utilize this material in their daily conversations 
in their university curriculums. We have a number of, of university partners that listen to the show, utilize this in curriculum, um, and, and, and folks who are, of course, involved on the front lines of utilizing this information. And I, I just am so humbled by the, the, the privilege you and I have to be able to be a small voice in this. And I, I'm encouraged by so many of the people who've reached out to us, and, 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 and I'm so excited to see what they'll do going forward, too. I, I got an email this morning from Zambia. Oh, yeah. Um, and remember my trip there, and I think there's a podcast about that. There and, is, yeah. Um, they wanted to let me know that they are still following their plan. That's great. Still following their plan, and they're building and growing and um, ending human trafficking in Zambia because they're engaged with their communities at the community level. And I had some really big news that is not related to um, today's podcast, but it is about the Global Center for Women in Justice. Oh, okay. What's you know, that? our our Spring Ensure Justice Conference is Why Is She a Slave? And we are so delighted to have Shima Hall as one of our speakers. Remember her story? She was rescued when she was 12 years old. I do. In Irvine, a gated community. She was born in Egypt, brought here when she was nine. And I found out yesterday that you can buy the pre-release of her book right now. It just oh. came on Amazon. Cool. So I've already gone online and pre-ordered. It will be released January 21st. So I'm going to put the link on our show notes. Go online and pre-order Shima Hall's book. It is going to be a great case study of how human trafficking works from one continent to another and what our role is in ending human trafficking. You know, Sandy, so many of these shows that we do, I mean, there there is, these topics can be very dark and very depressing. And, you know, for always, we're, we want to take that call to action of let's bring people out of the darkness. Let's bring, and let's also bring our own awareness up so that we can influence the world. And so I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, that some, po- some positive things are happening and books being written and people going out and, and industries taking action. I think that that's such an important part of what we do. I wish we were out of out of information to share on the podcast because things were addressed. But of course, there you know, there's so much more work to be done. And I'm really so glad that we are able to uh, be a part of helping to end this and, and, and be part of the conversation. And we want to have you join the conversation as well. And so if you are looking for resources on anything related to human trafficking, the Global Center for Women and Justice here at Vanguard University is a great place to start. The website is gcwj.vanguard.edu. And our email address for comments, questions, or feedback about the show is gcwj at vanguard.edu. And you can also reach us by phone, 714-966-6360. And by the way, the website's a great place to get more information about the conference coming up in spring 2014 and a great place to join our newsletter as well. So be sure to check that out online. Sandy, always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks, Dave. Take care, everybody.